Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Always Aggressive Podcast. I'm Hunter Massengill, alongside the usual suspects, Coach Tony Ursuline, SID and Director of Ops, Tanner Lipset. Guys, how are we doing today? Excellent. Here we are. Another week, uh, you know, getting ready to grind. Sure. Tony kept all his teeth this week. It's, I mean, so far, it's early, it's but, good. you know, it's, yeah. it's a good start. He keeps making doctor's trips. He keeps getting teeth pulled. We're three days into this week. He still has all the teeth that he left last week with so far. So. I got a line. We still have a long week ahead of us, though. Yeah, I thought I was lucky that I kept my wisdom teeth until I was 46. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, I, I don't want to repeat that again. So uh, let's let's cross our fingers. We're good for the season. Now. Yeah. Hashtag Tony's teeth. Yeah. Well, the first week of practice, close to the first week of practice, first week total will be tomorrow. Uh, How's practice going? I'm sure you're getting to a point uh, with this first week that maybe starting to see some endurance levels in guys, seeing how they're getting through practice on a weekly basis, getting into a bit of a routine, so to speak. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's a there's a rhythm now to to training, right? We're we're into that rhythm where we flipped over, where we maybe had some of our lift times in the afternoon, and those have gone to the morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. Um, the guys are into their schedule and know what the rhythm is is going to be until we start competing. So a lot of hard work. You know the the preseason is you're not you're not tapering right. Mm-hmm. You're not you know getting ready for competition. I mean as far as having to taper down. So the grind is hard. You know the guys mm-hmm. are working very hard. They're probably a little beat up, um, but you have to do that because once we start competing and November is going to be busy from that standpoint, you're going to have to have those days where you taper and get ready and make weight and those things. So mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're really working hard right now to, to get the guys ready for the battles to come. And uh, it goes without saying, endurance is such an important factor into the training of being able to push yourself. So when you get into a match, you get through your three periods, you may still have, I mean, you could, you could keep going. You have, you have to be able to rest, wrestle longer than three periods just because not only do you want to be able to come out strong you want to come out in the third period strong you want to close the third period strong you want to head into overtime strong so endurance being able to push yourself in these weeks leading up to the season is so important for their training 11 minutes right coach that's right um you know it's you know all those things go together um when you know we're talking about this i just talked to the guys the other day you know bringing your weight down in an orderly manner is part of that, right? Be, mm-hmm. Don't destroy all the hard work you've done and, and let your weight go, you know, where you're, you feel terrible when you walk out there. It's hard enough the first time to make weight and, 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 you know, when you're doing all the things right. So it's just key this time of year when you're working very hard, though, that you're still watching your weight. You're still mindful of bringing that down like you should so that when we do get to November 2nd uh, at Michigan State Open, which is going to be a very tough tournament, by the way. I think yeah. there's six six Big Ten teams are going to be up there. Um, it's going to, you know, you need to have done everything correctly. So that's what it's about right now is really getting the most out of this and staying on top of all those little details that add up to getting your hand raised, you know, mm-hmm. early in the season. You know, certainly you don't want to be in peak shape, but you want to make sure that you're ready to go because you're going to see good people and you're going to have opportunities uh, to beat good people and you want to be ready for that moment. Yeah, for the people at home that don't know, um, can you explain a little bit about what that schedule looks like, the way they work with Elaine, the dietitian, the way they work with strength and conditioning, uh, what that schedule looks like, you know, a couple weeks before their first match, the you know between a week to week match and, and handling their weight from from one Saturday to the next Saturday. Yeah, and so right now, I mean, the guys we've done all of our certifications, and those are those are done. So we got them all in. The, well, I think we're when I say all, that's probably not correct. I'm think I'm waiting on one more. 
but Good. you know nearly everybody is done and so it's it's about bringing that weight down correctly mm-hmm. you know it it's not you know maybe back in the day you know, when I was competing, you know, and you could use saunas or you could have plastics, that's not where we're at anymore. You know, there's specific guidelines, you know, with losing one and a half percent of your body weight per mm-hmm. week. So first you have to certify, and then it has that timeline where you're allowed to bring it down slowly and safely at that one and a half percent. So that's where the guys are. We're not trying to get them to crash down, right? You're, you're trying to do that mm-hmm. correctly. So as I said, when we get to November 2nd, you know, they're going to feel as good as you can, you know, after that first weigh-in. You know, there's always an adjustment to be made. You know, I don't expect you to feel tip-top after the first weigh-in. But, you know, your body should be gradually coming down and getting used to competing, you know, within a, you know, a certain, you know, number of pounds, depending on your weight class, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you're, you're going to be able to compete and be strong and feel good. So that's where the guys are at right now. Elaine's very important part of that. Yeah. You know, and, and as always, you just stress to the guys that use these resources. You know, they're young men and sometimes, you know, it's easy to, you know, you have a, a bad day from a diet standpoint. You, you destroy a lot of work where you've done where you really bounce up. And we yeah. want to avoid that. You know, I think that's kind of the beauty of the sport where, you know, it rewards those that are really disciplined 24-7. You know, our sport doesn't end when we go home at night. And I think that's part of the beauty of the sport. They, you know, the sport really rewards that discipline within mm-hmm. individuals. And that one and a half percent body weight that they're allowed to lose per week that you that you laid out uh, is an interesting line in the sand that's been drawn. And I assume uh, that it's just for health purposes for these guys because they're such hardcore athletes. I mean, they're, they love being in the gym that you kind of have to force them to dial themselves back a little bit or... It, it could get out of hand. Some so of it's, it's for the health of, of all of them. Yeah, you know, they, they need to understand to, um, you know, as, as we think about training cycles, right, your recovery in certain periods of time is just as important as the work you put mm-hmm. in. You, you have to allow some recovery for your training, okay? Um, and I can't or they won't get as much recovery as maybe they should um, if they're always having to go out and work work out. I may want to give them a day off, right? They need the day, mm-hmm. maybe mentally, to recover and come back and be able to push harder the next. But if your weight's super high, you can't have that day. You're going to be in running or doing something, you know, wrestling to bring your weight down. And so you want guys to understand that we want to build recovery into the training program here. Yes, we're going to work very hard and ensure that we're, we're in great shape and we're going to give ourselves the best chance to win. But you've got to allow for that recovery in there as well. And you won't necessarily get that time if your weight is high or out of hand. Yeah. Because you're going to have to do something to make sure you're coming down you know, to your weight class. So that's just something that we stress to the guys that, you know, we've thought a lot about the training plan and the schedule and what that looks like and where we can have our days, you know, to recover and where we want to push hard. So they, they kind of have to really do their part in following that plan from Elaine as they, as they make their descent to, to their weight class. And at some point in the next couple of weeks, we will have Elaine on the show to talk about uh, some of the things that she does on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a season basis with these guys, because I know that's uh, a fan favorite at home for people to be able to listen to. Well, this past weekend, big weekend uh, for the team, big weekend for the res- collegiate wrestling community in general, uh, huge recruiting opportunity down at Super 32s. Uh, for people at home that don't know, I'll let you explain a little bit about what that tournament is and then we'll get into how important it is to, to the collegiate wrestling program. Yeah, I mean, that's a tournament that's been running for a number of years now um, in Greensboro, mm-hmm. okay? And, uh, I mean, I think they had, I think it was a little over 1,400 kids in the brackets. It was, all crazy. It was, it was enormous. Yeah. It, even up from what it normally is, I think 
I saw an article somewhere where the, the average is 1,300 and some kids, and this year it was over 1,400. So there was an increase as well. And I, 132 probably, had like 130-some guys or something like that? Yeah, I'm sure. Jeez. I'm sure Jeez. it was... Uh, a majority of those brackets were well over 100 kids. So, so a premier preseason tournament, an mm -hmm. opportunity for the best kids in the United States to get get, get together. And of course, you, you have to be there. You know, mm -hmm. you you always look for those opportunities to watch the best kids um, scrap. You know, scrap and yep. fight. You have to put together a number. Uh, of, of good matches together to uh, to put yourself in position to win that tournament. So we had Coach Shop who was down there uh, watching. He flew down very early Saturday morning and, and watched you know Saturday and Sunday and came back with with a, with a bigger list and yeah. and opinions on kids that were recruiting. And and we've had a number of kids that, that have done well. You know certainly we can't talk about names, but but we're very excited about about kids that were recruiting and have mm -hmm. been on and and some of the results that they've had. So just a, it's it's a great tournament that you don't. Don't want to miss because you get to see so many situations where kids are you know maybe there's a bad call and how do they respond or they got to put two three four five matches together and that consistency is very very important to us uh, especially in the Big Ten where you know every weekend you have good competition in front of you so that consistency of being strong and, and knowing what you're going to get out of these young men is is key and it helps that it's folk style too you know you see a lot of these off-season and early season or preseason or postseason events that are that are freestyle and obviously you know that's helpful Mm -hmm. But it's but it's different. It is. I mean, um, I, I certainly still value freestyle. Oh, sure. I, I don't want to yeah. say that, but but no doubt. I mean, to watch kids who maybe are more folk style oriented to see how they stack up against the best kids because maybe they missed Fargo, whether they were hurt or or they just weren't out there competing for their state. So it's another opportunity to see the best kids bang against each other, and certainly doesn't hurt that it is folk style. Um, you know, I think they they both complement each other. You know, being folk style and freestyle together. So anytime you can see the best kids line up across from each other extremely valuable from a recruiting standpoint good to see some of those top guys too which, yes which you know <laughs> I, which you know i like which well and you know coach shops obviously really excited <laughs> yes about that. yes he'll come back and, and, and he'll, love he'll those love, turners he'll love the guys that are working hard on top and are showing promise of being able to turn guys from well, get those bonus points and that's that's one thing that I, i'd like uh, you to talk about a little bit is when you go to a tournament like this there's 27 mats. It is a huge, we just, you just talked about over 1,400 wrestlers that could be there. Anywhere from like 120 to 250 guys per weight class out of 14 weight classes. How do you manage to go recruit something <laughs> like that? Because there's so, I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't just go up there with a, with a blank notebook. You no. have to have guys that you're going to, that you're there that you're interested in, that, that you might be interested in, that you want to see more out of. Yeah, I mean, you know, recruiting never stops, right? So certainly he's going down there with a list. Now, we want him to add to the list, right? Mm -hmm. And he did. He, he came back with n more names and, and other young kids that we'll watch, you know, um, that, that uh, you know, popped up on the radar. But certainly he's going down there with a large number of kids. But truth be told, this is probably a two-man job, right? Yep. You, need, you need a couple sets of eyes on it. We had, it was homecoming here. Uh, we were, you know, going to have open practice and things. So we didn't, weren't able to send two. He did a great job of running around. I know it was a busy couple of days for him. <laughs> chaos. And, and, yeah, chaos. You know, running from one mat to another and catching up with everybody, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, talking to coaches and, and trying to figure out, you know, um, you know, what these young men are, are doing or looking for in their college experience and just trying to get ahead. So so he had a busy weekend. Uh, it is. It's probably a two-man job. And that's like, you know, last year I was down there with Coach Shop. Mm -hmm. In the future, if we don't have a lot of recruiting on campus like we did this week, we'll probably have a couple of guys down there. But it is. It's... There's just a lot going on, but 
you can't ignore those opportunities. Um, really though, this starts, you know, there's been training camps all, all um, the last month, two months leading up to this. You know, there's been mm-hmm. training camps in Chicago and Ohio and Michigan, and there was qualifying tournaments, you know, um, you know, uh, you know out, up in Fort Wayne. So th- you take all of these in some total, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, okay, here, we gotta go figure this tournament out. This has been the buildup of a year mm-hmm. of watching kids starting to compete at state tournaments and then freestyle in the summer and then these training camps in the fall. So, you know, it, it's just, it's a rolling process. It never stops, um, but certainly, we expect after an event like this with 1,400 kids in the building, you're going to come back with a few more names that you hadn't seen before, and that's the nice thing. Yeah. Well, the format of it is pretty interesting, too, because the the matches leading up to the championship round are all 2-1-1, so first round's two minutes, second and third period are one minute long, and then you get to the championship round, and it's... Or is that just on the back side? That's the back side. Oh, so that's the, the back side. The okay, consolation so the, brackets uh, matches are shorter than the championship. The front side is 2-2-2. Two, 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 two. Yeah. So... And not only that, but this is such a big tournament that these guys could be wrestling five, six matches a day, which is a little bit closer to what you would want them to be prepared for come Big Ten tournament time, sure. come national championship time, or NCAs. Wasn't there a uh, cap, too, for college? You can only wrestle six, <clears throat> six in a day. You can only wrestle six in a day yeah. for in yeah. the NCAA. So, so it's, it's yeah. seeing how these kids can go out at a young age, younger uh, relatively, uh, and compete all day long to see what they look like, not only in, in match one, but in match five of the day when sure. it's seven o'clock at night and you've been grinding all day. Yeah, Someone it's... can wrestle like 11 matches, something like that. Right. <clears throat> Lost early and wrestled all the way back to third or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you love that, right? I mean, that's part that's of crazy. what you want. You know, Ooh. that's a long and daunting <laughs> task, yeah. right? Think about that. If 10, 11 matches in, in a couple of days, that's, I mean, that's grit, right? That's mm-hmm. toughness. And you like to see that because we, I think we might have talked about it a little bit, um, you know, a week ago. But those kids who help you get team trophies are, the, are those kids sometimes that come from the backside. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to do it with finalists. Certainly you need, you need finalists to be in there, right, to, to be in there for an NCAA championship. But it's not always going to be five national champs. It's going to be sometimes those kids who fight and claw their way through the backside, who get third for you, who get fifth, right? Adding those kids is what will get you team trophies, uh, in my opinion. So, so you like to see those kids when maybe the dream of winning, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. you would hope everybody comes in, hey, with the big goal, I want to win this tournament, right? That's what you're there for. That's why you've worked so hard. But now when that, that dream is gone, you know, hey, you got to find a reason to keep going and, and pride and, you know, your training and who you are and what you're doing f- gets you through the backside. And that's, that's important. I like to see that from kids that, that there's no give up. There's no quit. They, they show a lot of toughness coming back through. That's, that's still valued. Not just the kid who stayed on the front side, mm-hmm. right? But that kid who will, who will take that journey through the backside when it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue into talking about the, the new staff, uh, new faces on the staff. Most, uh, with that segue, that what you're talking about there is is pretty much the Leroy Vegas special. He did that all the time in college and in high school. We'll get to him in a moment, though. We'll start with the guys that are, that are old faces that yep. have moved into different positions. Uh, AJ Shop moving up to the head assistant coach. Yep. Jake Souflon moving from volunteer assistant to assistant coach. Yep. Uh, what are those guys bringing for the, the second year now uh, to the wrestling room and to on a daily basis? You know, I mean, I, I just expect the same things from them that, that brought them here in the first place. You know, they, they both are extremely hard workers and good competitors. 
um, they'll model what we want our guys, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, what we want from our guys. You know, they, they are great competitors in the room. They will wrestle, you know, and compete at a high level, show those guys what that looks like. But then also just the work ethic, you know, in the end here. You know, I mean, there's a lot involved with this from mentoring the young men to, you know, Coach Shop was on the road. You know, he mm-hmm. didn't get back till till really early in the morning on Monday morning, and we still had recruits in, and he was here right away yeah. and, and working his tail off again. So just that mentality of, of working hard to help move this team forward um, but they've also had increased duties as well you know when you move up like they both did and they were both you know uh, deserving they were both very deserving of, of the positions they're at now but then there's increased responsibilities and they're they're working hard at you know um, you know picking up um, some some former duties that, that they now have to take on so mm-hmm. I've been very happy with moving them up I know what they're capable of and, and how hard they work and the attitude they bring to this team and to the room so I just expect more of the same mm-hmm. as well as picking up a few duties you know that that's going to increase their skill set sure you know well one of the new faces as I mentioned Leroy Vega who joins the staff uh, Indiana guy won two state championships back in the late 90s for Portage High School uh, went on to Minnesota where he was a part of two national championship teams in the early 2000s, three-time All-American, and then moved on to be an assistant coach at Minnesota, at head coach at Calumet before going back for the last few years being the head coach at his alma mater in Portage High School. Uh, what's he bringing to the staff being a lighter guy? I mean, he, I'm sure he's, he's working a lot with, with AJ and with a lot of the, the lighter weights, uh, getting them prepared. What's he bringing to to the staff that's new this year? I mean, he you know he comes at it from a little different angle, which I think is valuable as well, right? I mean, he obviously understands um, what what a strong culture, you know, what it takes to win at a high level. He's done that both you know as an individual and then on the teams that he's been at. You at Minnesota, I think very highly of Jay Robinson, you know, mm-hmm. who who really built that program, you know, up. And so he understands what that process looks like, both, like I said, as an individual and then from a team standpoint. So he brings that experience with. But then he's also been in the high school ranks. He's been coaching young men, you know, and having a lot of success. Mm-hmm. So he has lots of connections both here in the state and, in the, you know, in those high school ranks across the United States. So, so he brings uh, a lot of a wealth of experience, but then also, uh, you know, connections and relationships from his time in those high school ranks. And, and I think that's been great. Uh, he is also pretty, um, you know, he likes to work hard like everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy with the work ethic, but, you know, he's, 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 he's a fun guy. He's yeah. a fun guy to be around. He's joking. He's got a great attitude. I really enjoy that side of what he brings to this staff as that's well. That's what I was going to bring up with Vega as well is this, he is always good for a laugh all the time. I mean, the guy, he's just fun to be around. He's been great. Staff meetings, you know, a little, little extra pace to staff meetings, you know, just the, the regular get-togethers that we had. Um, and, and I've heard nothing but good things from the rest of the wrestling community about him. You know, Leroy came down a little bit here and there uh, back on my first tour with wrestling mm-hmm. uh, back in the, the late 2000s. And then, um, you know, just talked to Roger Kish up at North Dakota State the other day. And uh, Roger made sure to say, hey, make sure you say hi to Leroy for me. Mm. I guess they used to uh, they used to drive back. I guess uh, Kish's mom is from Portage. Oh, really? And so he and Leroy, on breaks, would come down. <laughs> they would drive down together to Portage yeah. from Minneapolis. Yeah. So. As always, uh, the wrestling community, right? It's a small it's unreal, right? community, right? Yeah. It's uh, you know, five degrees of separation, maybe. Um, but... 100% correct like he is he is just a fun guy who yeah. brings a good energy he's, he's he's always focused I mean when it's time to work you know he's he's ready um, but he's 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 just a really upbeat 
you know, happy guy, you know what I mean? And that's great, you know, when you're working so hard, you know, to have somebody like that, you know, keep it light when it's needed is, 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 is valuable. Yeah, and going back to the segue that I made of, he was a guy that he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't get first place in either of the national championships that Minnesota got, uh, that they won, but he was crucial to both of them, that he, that he was ranking, he placed highly in both of those national championships, and can be that a poster child to the team of continue wrestling, keep wrestling. Mm -hmm. You lose that first match, you get into wrestlebacks, and because you can still help your team, you can still help your teammates by getting down into those wrestlebacks or just constantly competing every match that you get an opportunity to compete in. Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, one of the, um, Minnesota's national championship teams, they did it without. Uh, without a national champion. I think they had 10 All-Americans, still the mm -hmm. only team that has done that. I mean, that speaks to, that's a total team effort, right? Yeah. To have every weight place, you know, I have a lot of respect for that, you know, and that's, you know, where you really have total team buy-in, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's his dream, you know, I'm, I know Coach Vega had, you know, his goal was to win national titles there, and mm -hmm. he, they got it done as a team. He, he came up a little short, right, as an individual, but I'm sure it's his pride for both him as an individual, but for his, his teammates, you know, him and Kish and those other guys that have worked so hard together that uh, that was, you know, 10 All-Americans brought something special. And that's, and that's exactly what we're trying to do here. You know, you're sure. trying to build that culture and create, you know, 10 guys that you put out. And you want, I mean, you want 30 guys in your room with those goals, mm -hmm. but you want to, there's only 10 guys who get to put on the uniform at a time. And you want to send out 10 guys who are going to fight for each other and for your school and, and for your team and, and get it done. Well, there's one, one thing invo involving Leroy that I wanted to ask you about. He was quoted in a book uh, titled, Latino-American wrestling experience, and he said, it's such an honor to be able to lead out the national champions. It's a great feeling, especially with all the kids that are watching us and dreaming of being on a great team like ours. I love being the spark plug to get the guys excited. I'm the guy that kind of sets the tone and gets the crowd going. Now, he was a 125-pound wrestler. What is that something that, that the lighter weights think about? Is that something, when they go into tournaments, <laughs> when they go into duels, that the 125-pound, 133-pound guy, that they're the spark plugs. Yeah. They go out there and they win a big match yeah. or they, yeah. they win closely. They, they're setting the tone for the rest of the team. Listen, they do, and I'm, and I'm laughing because uh, it probably get me in trouble with, with my, all my lightweights, probably Leroy and AJ too, but uh, you know, there's such a thing as like little man syndrome. <laughs> I mean, I, I just really believe it's real. Man. I'm texting Lee right now. I know. Right it's going to get me in trouble. I know it is. No, but you know what? Those guys are like that, right? Like, you know, those lightweights, there's a lot of pride in, in starting the duel off. You know, it used mm -hmm. to be you, you started always at 118 pounds. That was the weight class, you know, and now it moved to 125. But, man, those guys always started the duel off, and you wanted to get off to a good a good start, and those guys took that upon themselves to set the tone. Yeah. You know, sometimes we'll draw weight, so that can change a little bit, but... Man, you know, the, some of the some of the orneriest guys I've ever known have been the lightweights, yeah. you know, and, and they do. They're fire plugs. And, and you want that, right? Like, you yeah. want that in, in your lineup early to set the tone of what the duel's going to be, you know. Mm -hmm. You want the other team to know it's going to be a really hard duel and you're going to have to earn everything you're going to get um, because it's going to be every guy one after another coming out at you. And so, you know, you heard. I mean, he, he felt like a sense of duty. You know, yep. with his team to set that tone, and that's what you want. And you hope that, you know, hey, that he's talking in the ears of our lightweights, you know, all the time, you know, about mm -hmm. that. You know, let's let's get it started off right, and you know, be that guy who kicks it off and sets the tone for the duel. That's 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 you know, that's good. You want and, that. And feeling that pressure is good. It's it's good to to put that 
that weight on your shoulders and force yourself to perform in those situations. No doubt. I mean, um, you have to learn how to handle that. I mean, if you're going up into uh, you know what I would call rarefied air, when you start talking about national championships, both as a team and as an individual, man, the, the margin is so so small. Sure. You, you have to push the boundaries, right? You got to push the boundaries of what you're capable of mentally and physically. You got to run right up to the line. You know that's that's just part of what you have to do because it's such an uncommon thing. It's a rare thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've got to think that way. You, there, there is, yeah, there's pressure. I mean, but it's not any greater. You know, I, like I said, I don't want to make this seem like, boy, it's just a, a huge pressure-packed thing. But it's the pressure you put on yourself because sure. you work so hard. It means so much. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's pressure. I, I don't mean that in a negative sense. Sometimes people say, well, pressure, it's such a negative thing. No, I mean, it's just as people, you know, we want to do well and we've worked hard for something and it means a lot to us. Right. So it's, yeah. It, it's opportunity. Pressure. Yeah, it, exactly. That's that's the better word. There's opportunity. See that dynamite dropping, <laughs> you know, opportunity. That's why, I this, make, that's why I make the big bucks. Yes. I, I, hide, I hide over here in the corner for a reason. <laughs> and speaking of new additions, right? I mean, here yeah. we go. So they're everywhere. But um, no, it's it, yeah, there, yes, because we work so hard and it, it means so much to us. Yeah, there, there's it's an opportunity and there's pressure to perform, but it's exciting. Yeah, you know, it's what you live for. Uh, well, another new face that's added to the staff, grad assistant and Daniel Lewis, just graduated from Mizzou this past year. Wrestled for Mizzou 2015 to 2019 was both 165 and 174 in his time there. Put up a career record of 118 and 17. One interesting note that Tanner had on his bio on the Purdue Sports website, uh, 53 of his 118 wins at Mizzou came by fall, 44.9%. What is and it like? 99% of those were cradles. <laughs> yeah. What, I mean, what's, what's, it, what's it like to have a guy, I mean, all the guys that are on your staff have great backgrounds, have have very good abilities, and not to take anything away from them. But someone who's just out of college, coming, uh, competing, he was seated number two in NCAAs last year, uh, bringing in someone of his caliber to to help in the in the wrestling room with you know your middleweight classes. Yeah, it's you know when you're trying to you know I just talked about. You know, you're, you're going into rarefied air, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> to have people there in front of your kids who have done it and know what it looks like is always a good thing. So the more people you can surround your kids with um, to show them what, what it looks like and how you can get there is, is, is great. You know, mm -hmm. um, to some extent, when you're, and this is for any team, right? There, and there's a lot of teams out there, but when you're talking about trying to win a, a team title, you know, you're, you're, you're blazing a trail. So you're, you're clear in the brush. You're trying to get there. You know, there's a guy who's gone ahead and, and done that, mm -hmm. you know, you know, Coach Shop, Coach Vega, all, all those guys, Jake, you know, to be at this point in their career, they've done that. So to have those guys surround your guys and to be good mentors for those kids and then show them what it looks like, what it takes is, is great. And, and Daniel is, he's at an age where he's in there scrapping. You know, he was in there twice yesterday. You know, we had a young man who, who had a conflict. So we came in very early in the morning and worked out with him. He came back again in the afternoon for the normal team practice and scrapped again. So he's at that young age where he's, he's still in there scrapping hard with the guys and, and very hands-on. And uh, you know that's that's a great thing for our guys to see and and to learn from. And you can tell when you talk to him, even though he's been there, um, you know he's very different, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what he's done with the cradles and and some of those things, you can tell 
you know, how much he's thought about his wrestling and the hours and hours that he's put into it. Because, you know, as I've just sat and been able to talk with him about this and that and how do you look at this and when a guy does this, what are you thinking? You know, you can just tell he spent a tremendous amount of time uh, perfecting his craft. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not just the standard blueprint necessarily, right? It's his own style that he's, you know, from high school through college and now. And so... It's incredible to listen to him and talk about it, describe it, try and teach it. Like he's Because he's just learning the teaching portion. Yes. He's never he's never had to, like, show his stuff to other people. And it's been fun to sit back and watch, you know, especially as somebody who's, you know, more of a layman when it comes to wrestling. You know, I have very basic mm-hmm. understanding of a lot of the technique and so on and so forth. But when, when you watch him break stuff down as opposed to one of the other coaches who's been doing it for a long time and so mm-hmm. on and so forth, it's been really interesting to, to watch him grow, even, even in the short amount of time that he's been here, to watch him, to watch him teach and break down the little things that he does, mm-hmm. per se, um, as opposed to some of the other coaches. It's, it's, it's been really fun to, to observe. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask about related to that is when you have, especially uh, in Daniel's case, where he's coming directly off of being a wrestler in, 20, in the beginning of this year to being a coach to finish out this year, how does, how does that, what's that hurdle look like to become a coach, to be able to look at someone and say, what's going to work best for you, not mm-hmm. what I did worked well for me, but that's not your style of wrestling to be able to kind of put that in the back of your mind and maybe intertwine them a little bit of here's what I know works and here's what I think will work for you with your style. Yeah, I mean, I think that takes time. I'm not asking, you know, uh, to speak to Daniel, right? I mean, I'm not asking him to, you know, have all the answers right sure. away from that standpoint, right? I mean, he, you don't want every guy cradling like he did in the room in the next like, few months. Yeah. You can't make everybody clones of, of any one man, no, right? Like, you can't no. make anybody a clone, right? And I think that's part of the beauty of the sport. Yeah. Like you take, you take these things from the coaches who have influenced you or even, you know, um, you know, what you've learned and developed from high school on up now to college and you and you add them to your skill sets. You take mm-hmm. these things from everybody. Just as a coach, I've taken things all the way from, you know, when I was in college with Coach Gable and, and the other coaches in that program to my journey through. You, you take these bits and pieces. And, and so all you want him to do is just to, hey, you know, be who you are. Show these young men what you've learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And he'll pick up, you know, how to kind of teach what is, is important to him, you know, expressing that. Because sometimes, you know, as an athlete, you just do it. You create, sure. you know. But now as a coach, you've got to think about it and how to teach it. And I've seen him, I, as Tanner said, I've seen him kind of grow already in how he expresses that to, to people. You know what I mean? That's what coaching is. It, it teaches you how to kind of think about how do I impart this to a young man where he can maybe take this and use it. But you don't, in my opinion, you don't want to force feed it to people where everybody is a clone of, you know, coach shop with what he does or, you know, uh, Daniel and what he does. You just hope these kids take these pieces of technique and style and they'll incorporate it into what they do. You know, and then, hey, then you've got something. they can Then they can run with it mm-hmm. and create the next, you know, the next piece of technique advancing the sport. Uh, you know, John Smith, Cale Sanderson all played a part in that, right? They've all come up with things that they weren't trying to be, mm-hmm. you know, any one person. They were just taking what they've learned in the sport and adding to it, and now people are taking from them. And, and that's it. and that's crucial to someone who, I mean, in a grad assistant, I assume that he has at least some aspiration to at some point be an assistant coach, maybe a head coach at some point, that you're 
you have your own abilities. You can see the, the abilities of the guys that were similar to you, but also, I mean, he's a 165, 174. He's wants to get to the point where he's an assistant coach or a head coach, he's going to be working with 125s and 133s. He's also going to be working with 285s on the other side that is just like any other sport. They're completely different positions. They're completely different styles that you're going to have to coach. And getting to that point where you can teach both of those sides is crucial to be able to become a good coach. No, there's no doubt. You, you, coaching will force you to learn the sport. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's that will be kind of his evolution as he goes. You know, he's going to learn how to work with different weight classes and different uh, personalities. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i interested, just like any kid, and I'm not calling Daniel a kid, I guess that's funny, <laughs> um, but any young man who comes into our program, right, it's always fascinating to watch uh, their their advancement, you know, not mm -hmm. not just as a wrestler, but as a person. And that's it'll be fun to watch, you know. You know, what, what happens for him the next couple of years and, and what his journey is going to be as a coach. You know, who knows? You know, he's, he's here working on his MBA. Mm -hmm. So you might see him running a company in a few years. Yeah, you know, maybe. that might be where, where he, he goes. But engineering I, degree. Engineering and MBA. So, but for all of these guys, no matter where they go, it's fun to watch their advancement mm -hmm. uh, and, and how they approach the sport and how they impart that to the kids. And for you as a head coach, I mean, you're, you're the head coach to the Purdue wrestling team, and that includes the staff. So not only are you, you know, training the guys that are on your team, but also kind of uh, you've got three, four, five assistants, grad assistants, volunteer assistants that could be looking at you just to see how you coach, what it means to be a head coach. So you're not only training, you know, 20, 30 wrestlers, you're training four or five coaches as well. No doubt. I mean, um, you just want people to do well. Yeah. You know, I, I just want people to do well. That's the thing. Um, you want people to to succeed and have success. That's why we're all here, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're here to try to help make dreams come true, right, on, on a certain level. And there's ways that you help people get there. And it doesn't matter, you know, mm -hmm. who they are. You know, there there are people, right? Like, you know, Tanner has a huge impact on these kids because he's around them. And we're going to be on road trips, you know. Yeah. And, and, and how he does things, you know, kids are going to take part of that with them. You know, I mean, they're going to make decisions on who they want to be, uh, you know, and where, where they're going to go. And so you want you want people doing well, um, showing showing the way for people. You know, what I mean, yeah. that's how I look at it, I guess. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't around highly successful people or people sure. taught me, you know, um, you know. Um, what it is to, to operate at a high level. That's sure. probably a, a phrase that I use way too much, but, <laughs> but it's true. Like, what, is just, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. You don't know if you've never done it. Yeah. And so to be around people who can show that to you is, is key. And so, you know, uh, I want people to understand, you know, this is, this is from my experiences in my past. Here's some pitfalls and here's the way to succeed or do some things. And, and then they're going to take it and run with it in their own way. Mm -hmm. And you just you want to see them do well. I just try to make sure they don't end up like me. That's, that's my that's my gift. That's my gift to the kids. It's like don't 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 do what I did. Don't end up bald. Well, there, I, there, there's not much any of us can do about that. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. You well, know, I've, before, I've embraced it. Before we wrap up here, let's take a look at just the first half of the schedule. Uh, and by first half, I mean to f all the way up until New Year's. Uh, so on November second, Michigan State Open. November 9th, uh, headed to Journeyman, which is in New York. November seventeenth. North Dakota State, uh, November 24th, first chance for everyone to see the Boilermakers Gets at come home. home. Gets come home. Yeah. A long day of wrestling on that uh, November 24th, Sunday, uh, Clarion, Northern Illinois, and UND all coming to town. 
And then December 6th and 7th, heading out to Cliff Keen in Vegas, as yep. usual. Very, very tough test. Very tough tournament, which we, we talk about all the time, how tough that is. Uh, December 19th at Southern Illinois Edwardsville, SIUE. Uh, in Southern Illinois and then Midlands going back to Midlands this year instead of last year uh, went down to Miami coming back to Midlands yeah. uh, this year so a few tournaments in there that you're experienced in the guys have experience and know what to expect in those tournaments uh, what are some of your thoughts on on this first half of the schedule and the grind that's about to ensue no there's going to be plenty of early tests in there which I like um, we have for the most part, a very experienced team. You know, we mm -hmm. might have some youth, but with six national qualifiers returning who have all won matches and some very highly ranked individuals, you know, um, some great opportunities for them, you know, early on. Um, at, at the same time, opportunities for our young guys, some of who we've talked about, to see what this really looks like, what it is to be in the fire, and, and opportunities to grow and develop early because it only gets tougher, right? You want those opportunities early on to see where you're at and so that we can fix some of the things that we need to fix and make improvements so that by the time we get to starting our Big Ten season in January, um, you know, we're, we're really ready to run hard because it's, it's a lot of, you know, there's no easy nights once you get sure. into the Big Ten schedule. And then it's the Big Ten championships and nationals, which is what we work hard all year for. So um, I, I like the fact that we have some early tests and see some different people. Um, but it's all culminating so that once we make the turn after Christmas, uh, we're really ready to go. Yeah, and I mean, the, the Big Ten Conference, each individual team, like you said, is such a grind, and we'll get into the Big Ten schedule at a later date. Um, but it's important to instill in the team that, like you said, this, this first half of the schedule is a ramp-up period. You're going to constantly see guys more... They're going to get better and better. And then when you get to conference season, I mean, you're going to see some of the best talent that you've faced as a wrestler in this conference. So every every week it's so crucial to take what's in front of you and get better because it's not going to get any easier as the season progresses. No, and, you know, and, and listen, we're, we're talking about this now, but honestly this doesn't mean anything um, from, a, from a schedule standpoint to our guys. You can almost go back just to like the football coaches do where, you know, you're only focused on you want to be one to know at the end of the week, right? Yeah. And that, that is the, the whole thing. And that, still, that is a, a big deal for us because it's very easy. You know, we, we talk about being ready for nationals now, okay? But honestly, we've, you've got to take this journey here mm -hmm. in front of you, right? And so it's just staying in the moment, focusing what you got to do this week. Don't make it a big, you know, a big picture thing right now. Sure. You know I mean, we've got our big, we've got our long-term goals, which is what we're talking about right now. We're talking about these goals along the way, you know, in terms of competition. But man, today, all I want the guys worrying about is getting better at their defense or getting better on their finishes or learning how to come off bottom. You know, that really from their standpoint, it's it's got to stay simple. You know, these things are fun for all of us, right? It's yeah. fun for, for everyone else to, to take in and to be excited about. And I am as comfortable with this team, you know, as, as I've ever been because I love the, the group and the work ethic and the, the personalities of this team. Um, but it, it's going to be about keeping them focused on, on this week, not working, getting ahead of ourselves. You know what I mean? Let's, let's get this week done, and then we'll work on next week, you know. And, and so we, we all know 
and I guess this I'll leave it with this maybe, but we all know where we're going, right? Like every mm-hmm. every team in the country understands that uh, that the national championships in March is where we're going, but that journey is going to be different for everybody. The mm-hmm. destination for us is not going to change, but how we get there could change, right? Yeah. Based on injury or whatever happens to the teams along the way, okay? So there will be changes to the training plan or different things for guys, but but we all know where we're going. It's just mm-hmm. that journey of what it's going to be, we don't know. And so we don't want to look ahead. Sure. You know, it's fun to, like I said, it's fun to talk about, but for the guys, hey, the, we don't know what next week's going to be. You could six be inches, hurt next yeah. Six inches in front of your face. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what next week's going to be for you. You might, you might tweak your knee and we got to figure something different out. Maybe we're on the bike and you know, maybe mm-hmm. we're doing something different. So um, I, from that standpoint, I always want to just say, hey, you know, yeah, we're, we're heading towards March and we have big goals, but what week to week we want to just stay focused on what we're trying to do and not get, get ahead of ourselves. Well, that's a good place to wrap up for the day. Thank you both for your time. Uh, we've got plenty of more stuff to get into. Uh, we always write out, I always write out notes and we get to about half of it. We still have MMA to talk about. Uh, we teased that last week. We'll tease it again this week. Because, got some alumni out there. We will get into that at some point. Uh, but for now, for Coach Tony Arsenal. A couple quick shout outs sure. before we go. Um, appreciate Jason Bryant. He's been helping us out with a lot of this podcast stuff and talking to him a bunch. Appreciate his help and direction on some of that stuff. Uh, shout out to the guys at Flow. Had some great mentions on uh, on yesterday's FRL show. Um, we really appreciate the, the positive the positive news coming our way uh, regarding our guys. So uh, appreciate all you guys. And everyone out there that has questions, comments, uh, anything that you'd like to hear Coach or Tanner talk about, please comment, tweet, uh, anything on DM, DM whatever, yeah, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Purdue Wrestling for all of those things. So, for head coach Tony Ursland, Tanner Lipset, I'm Hunter Massengill. As always, Boiler Up.